1985, the same year in which we become subject to Tetris and Alex Pajitnov's hypnotic score, the world was introduced to Koji Kondo's score for Super Mario Bros on the NES. The music shifts with the on-screen action, quickly becoming integral to the gameplay. Seriously, try playing this game without the audio, it is not easy. to earbuds and earworms i'm amy speedrunner of only the first level of super mario shepherd and this is mitchell manly rpg legend of the seven stars <laughs> please tell me that's a zelda no it's actually mario super mario rpg legend <gasps> of the seven stars and it is the greatest like final fantasy 7 for playstation is kind of the benchmark once playstation came out but before that i don't care what anybody says there's a bunch of great rpgs for for super nintendo super mario rpg is the best the storyline rules so hard the idea is that like this huge sword came bursting through the star road in the sky and it knocked some of the stars loose from the star road and so people's dreams can't come true people oh wishing on God. stars their dreams don't come true this unless is... mario goes and repairs the star road no pressure mario dude it's so good <laughs> and all the characters and dialogue brilliant game um but is that the one where you have like the three little characters who will face off against yes. one and then okay i've played this game yep um I, but mostly it's just that first level of Super Mario. <laughs> yeah, Super Mario Brothers 3 is the one. Like, the first level of that, I've played it a bajillion times. Yeah, I, I, there's so many games I've played a ton because, you know, it was kind of an investment unless you went to Blockbuster. Mm -hmm. And now there's no Blockbuster. And now you have to buy them on Steam. Right. And you know what is not good for uh, gaming? What's that? A MacBook. Yeah, I played World of Warcraft on a MacBook for a long time. And it got hot, didn't it? Got it got very, very, very hot. <laughs> yeah. I, there's something where there's like a little blank-faced man who goes and investigates stuff. Um, I can't remember what it's called. Jazz something. I don't mm -hmm. know. Uh, that one shuts my computer down after about 45 minutes. Oh, God. So it limits my time. Um, maybe. The listeners have figured out that this is going to be mostly about video games. Yeah, if you haven't figured that out by now. Yeah, video game music. And, and it's specifically video game 8-bit, I think 16-bit. Yeah, yeah. So uh, NES is 8-bit. Super Nintendo is 16-bit. Um, I think we may have ended up with something else that isn't either one of those. But for the most part, I think it's all NES and Super Nintendo. So. And Game Boy was what? Yeah, Game Boy was 8-bit, but a different engine. But, yeah. <laughs> that is more than I know about that. Right, yeah. There's tiny little engines in Super Nintendos? Right. <laughs> no, the, uh, yeah, the, the mechanics that run the game, little computer chip, but... Uh, yeah, video game music, I just think, is super rad. You know, just like last week we did TV and movies. Uh, you know, it's it does a lot of the same specific purposes, like setting the mood for the tone of a game overall, and also, like, creating a unique mood for each individual level. Uh, that's especially important in the early NES games where each level is just kind of the same stuff, just different colors and a couple different mechanics and, you know, extra enemies, but for the most part all the same. So the music is what keeps you motivated and keeps you moving forward when your character keeps dying or, you know, you lose a, you lose a level or whatever. Um, and you'll notice that, like, a lot of games, a lot of, like, action games have upbeat music and mm -hmm. they're really energetic and triumphant sounding. And then your puzzle games and RPGs are a lot more chill and contemplative. Ah, that's Keeps what you... they need to fix in, like, 
phone gaming. Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of people play those games with their their sound off, and Mm -hmm. maybe that's what's driving people crazy. Yeah, I I have one game that I like the music of, but I have to keep it off because that's how I do. Right. Um, But it's one game has actual soothing music, and it's a puzzle game. Yeah. So I was like, two dots. Shout out, two dots. (laughs) Yeah, so it's just like got to be a lot more contemplative and and keeps you in the the headspace for problem solving. And then the other thing that I really like about uh, video game music is that they had to be really creative in making the instrumentation because you know you're not recording a guitar or real drums in there so they're like going through and and tweaking all these tiny tiny minute things to get a kick sound and a snare sound and a guitar sound and a flute sound and whatever (laughs) and it's all just like digitally designed and a lot of work went into that it's super fascinating so yeah I, i think that's one of those things where creativity springs out of the limitations right exactly so i think that that's why there's so so much work went into it because you know you're like okay we gotta make something sound really unique and really cool but we got eight bits whatever that is mm-hmm. kilobits. <laughs> what is your selection for this theme? So my song is the underworld theme from the game Kid Icarus. <laughs> This is a perfect example of a good NES theme. It starts with like this little cadence on the bass note, uh, which gets it like leads into a, a steady rhythm and gives you the mood of concentration and determination. And then all the other instrumentation comes in. It has this like curious little ditty. It's kind of <laughs> uncertain and puts a little tension. And then it shifts into this optimistic lilting melody over a descending bass notes. And like the cadence breaks just long enough to let that little coda, the triumphant sounding coda, kind of fly high and inspire you, keep you going through that first level. Uh, I recall the first level of Kid Icarus being pretty tough. So now, I read a little bit on it. It's supposed to be really, really, really tough as well. I, I'm used to always being stuck on the first level mm-hmm. of games, so I have played this game before. It's been a while, yeah. Yeah, but oddly enough, like the um, my weekends were spent here in Memphis growing mm-hmm. up, and my mother had like they're, they're, they had a, like a church library that would rent out games, and they're yeah. usually Christian themed. But Bible man, yes, things like that. And Kid Icarus was in there. I don't know how it's. I guess because he's a he's an angel and he's like trying to defeat the underworld. So I guess it kind of yeah. thematically fits. But so, I, I played this game interesting a lot. Didn't really get close to winning. I don't think I've beat any of I, these games. Yeah, though. I don't think very many people that I know have beaten Kid Icarus. Maybe uh, some of our listeners have. Holler at us and let us know uh, if, if you've beaten any of these games. Did you beat this one? I did not beat Kid Icarus. What, do you remember 
how they used to like make games really impossible to win? Oh, dude, we're going to talk about Mega Man later <laughs> on in this episode. And Jesus Christ, I replayed Mega Man 2 recently. What a difficult game that is. Yeah, I don't know how we ever saw sunlight, actually. Uh, now, I was a Game Boy kid. Like, mm-hmm. my, like brother, my brother was really good at like tying up the Super Nintendo. So then Game Boy <laughs> right. came out. And I played this game called Kirby's Dreamland, and here's the title. galloping insanity that's happening there's so much going on that just reminds me of being in the backseat of like the van and like trying to conserve the battery by turning down the screen yep i definitely remember that and the whole theme of it is of course eating tons of things so i really felt yeah you really relate to that (laughs) i really relate to that because i love eating um i think that I forgot how complex this was, even mm-hmm. for all of the... Uh, there's other sounds that happen when you're, like, Kirby's eating stuff. Uh, there's an 8-bit flute in there yeah. that I was absolutely in love with. And, um, yeah, that's... I attribute this one, though, to my love of footlong subs. Just watching Kirby yeah. swallow down everything in his path. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One gulp. Yeah, I really like this one. It's really fast-paced, a lot like the world that Kirby lives in. You know, everything's coming at you quickly, and you have to be on your toes. Uh, like a lot of the other action-y games, it's got this sort of four-on-the-floor bass note on every single beat that you know, keeps your energy up and keeps you blowing through the level as quickly as you can and keeps you coming back and trying again if Kirby dies, you know. Kirby doesn't die that often, though. Yeah, you're, you're right. <laughs> I think I did beat that one. Um, I've got to say, I was absolutely amazed by the amount of selection. Yeah, I knew that we would get quite a few of the people that I know, like my friends that have joined the group that would be involved, but man. There's so many All of our ear buddies really showed out, so thank you guys. So amazing. Um, Jason V brings Adventures of Bayou Billy's main theme. says my favorite game maybe ever i would love to play it again i loved using the gun and also the regular controller interchangeably on different levels uh was this because he must be a little older than me the uh nintendo was this the nintendo entertainment system the original one 
had the gun. I thought that was literally just for Duck Hunt. Yeah, they there wasn't a whole, whole lot of other games that you could use it with, but there were a few. And I'm trying to remember, it, it basically maps out to a particular button on the game. I can't remember if it's A or if it's B or whatever. But okay. like, if it's a game where all you really got to do is press B, then you can use the trigger, if I recall. But how does it know if you actually are hitting the bird? It's this weird reflection off of your TV screen. It like fires the laser and then gets the, the angle of the laser back and it knows. There's a laser? Yeah. Infrared. Wow. Yeah. I'm amazed by this one. Um, okay, going back. <laughs> I'm sorry, I got distracted by the the gun being used for something else. Uh this one is like proto EDM music. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I felt that about a few of the songs, and I can almost imagine that like they could remake this into a club mix. Yeah, sure. And I guess that goes along with like the action idea of things. So I was like, wow, right, that's yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah, like same as the Kirby thing. Uh, a lot of these songs will have that four on the floor where if it was dance music, it'd be a kick drum. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but they're uh, they're doing something different. They usually use the bass line instead of a kick drum. Uh, I think there's some other good examples of that, that we'll, where we'll talk about that. But, man, Adventures of Bayou Billy, this main theme, one of my all-time favorite NES themes. It was definitely going to be my pick if somebody else didn't get to it. And I'm kind of glad somebody did so that I get to choose something different and put more in here. But, man, I've always loved this song. It's just so damn groovy. gives me a relentless case of the boogie. You know, oh my sure. god, this makes so much sense coming from Jason, right? Oh yeah, for <laughs> sure. And it just makes me want to shake a tail feather. Um, I do kind of see what you mean about the proto-EDM thing, but I've always seen it as just a straight <laughs> funk jam. I'd love to hear a funk band play this. It's got that groove that keeps your head nodding and just like keeps you from getting too frustrated because you're just like jamming to the song. It's like, it doesn't matter if I just died on level one because... Wow, I just don't know anything about funk. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, Kristen brings Super Mario World air platform theme. She says, I'm picking Super Mario World air platform theme because when I was 10 and bored, I'd make up lyrics to these songs. I made lyrics for this music and it was about root canals. I never thought when I was at when I was 10 years old, I'd actually be helping with root canals today. Anyways, I still sing it in my head from time to time when I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> There's just so many summers on this track. Like... I guess a lot of 8-bit music has to do with um, nostalgia. And you don't realize when you're that young how complicated, like, the piece is. And mm -hmm. I feel like there's a lot of, like, little arpeggios and trills are going on that I just would never have even thought to even notice. But I really loved the song as a kid, too. 
Yeah, this one's definitely got some intricacy to it. Uh, this is another one of my favorites as well. It's like really groovy and it has a ragtime feel, which is the ragtime thing is kind of a recurring motif in a lot of the music for the Mario games. Uh, you can almost tell that it's from a Mario game, even if you weren't playing along. It's like the, that music from Mario always has a very particular sound to it. Um, Super Mario Brothers 2 has oh, yeah. some of my favorite music in it. It's really, really great. Uh, just like pushing the envelope with the types of sounds and styles that you can get out of an 8-bit sound chip. So, And I also feel like the Super Mario franchise is really good with levels and um, areas mm-hmm. because they did make these uh songs that really suited if you're underground it right it feels yeah. like you're underground if you're in a spooky castle mm-hmm. i'm sorry i love the ghost themes yeah absolutely <laughs> those, those are all really good the uh there's like egyptian themes in super mario 3 where mm-hmm. you're like going through the pyramids and stuff like that pretty neat it's always so cool bruce springs chrono trigger corridors of time another amazing game and a song constructed using the amazing MIDI engine inside the SNES. Talking about tiny engines again. <laughs> this is by far my favorite song from Chrono's uh, Trigger and this entire soundtrack has some bangers. Chrono Trigger. I always want to call it Chrono's Trigger. <laughs> yeah, Chrono Trigger. Chrono Trigger. This is actually one of Dakota's favorite soundtracks. It should be. And it's lulling and beautiful. The game... I never played, but it looks beautiful from the screenshots I've seen. Like, it's very atmospheric music. Uh, I'm going to guess this is a puzzle game. Uh, It's an RPG. An RPG. Okay, so it allows you that time to breathe. You don't have to, like... Exactly. Yeah. So, it really has this smooth construction. You have bells and organs and harpy kind of sounds, and it's not any of that, like, in your face, rush, 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 rush. Right, exactly. And... I just am like, I, I can imagine just putting the game in and listening to the soundtrack as it's going and then just getting far enough to move to the next bit of music. Yeah, like like you said, the best part of this song and pretty much all of the songs on the Chrono Trigger soundtrack is like the really diverse sound palette that they use. Just tons of bells and weird synths and whistles and string emulation and all that sort of stuff. It's really incredible. Um, the game is just, it's it's an RPG and so like, it's a lot more slower paced than the other ones, and the music reflects that. Uh, you know, you uh, put together an R- uh, you put together a party in RPG games, and like lots of problem solving and using magic and strategy. And so, like I said earlier, like you have to use music that's a little bit more contemplative and kind of keeps you chilled out. And so, Not, like no Street Fighter Two going on, right? Exactly. So uh, you're kind of really 
trudging through your options in your head, you know, and so you, you kind of do zone out while the music plays, and you can just kind of sit there and think about what your next move is going to be. And so I think that's what's unique about this one, uh, especially in relation to a lot of the other ones that are a lot more action-themed, a lot more fast-paced. This is a good example of, of the other mood that's, that you can create with, yeah. with these engines. And I also feel like um, this is one that's very easily like move to actual instrumentation because when you look up this song you're going to end up with a whole bunch of symphonies playing this music it's really interesting Mm -hmm. along with uh, i believe we were talking about super mario there are a lot of people who will play ragtime music oh yeah yeah versions of it so it's very interesting this is a very deep 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 one oh for sure and ben brings one of my favorites which is donkey kong country's aquatic ambience Not just a BG, which I'm guessing is video game yeah. favorite, but one of my favorite pieces of instrumental music, period. Donkey Kong Country always had slick music. Yep. It was super Nintendo at its finest, I think, whenever they figured out all the kinks. And this is a it's ethereal orchestration, but if you remember playing this game, you could die at any moment. Yeah. So this is one where you're like trying to rush through it and then they're like trying to lull you into losing the game. Yeah. It's like, I just, I'm like, oh, I feel so calm, but I can't calm down because I'm about to like drown. Um, It's one, uh, I guess they take, Nintendo is the same, you know, I guess like group of people who did um super mario or maybe the same types of musicians that maybe worked off each other and this is where you change realms and you have different music that really uh cues mm-hmm. what it is so i i love this one it's synthy there's a ton of layers uh i'm gonna also say that this uh it evokes some of that whitney houston kind of like vibe like the background when yeah she easy singing. listening yeah that easy listening and maybe some kenny g yeah, some adult in. contemporary yeah and so it's soothing even though you're about to die right and so yeah this is that sort of middle ground where it's uh it's a otherwise action-packed game but the creators wanted to give you something to really set the water levels apart from the terrestrial stages and really helps break up the monotony of plowing through barrels on a rhino. You know? <laughs> Which is uh, always so fun. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, it gives your brain a bit of a break so that uh, when you get back to the ground level, you're invigorated and sort of recharged and ready to carry on with your monkey business. I see what you did there. ching <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, yeah, this was my buddy Ben Ricketts sent this one in, and he said that uh, this is some of his favorite instrumental music. Period. Ben is an incredible musician himself, 
And so that's that's high praise from from someone like Ben. Okay, so me loving the soundtrack means that I do have some. Taste. Yeah, you got some good taste for sure. Except for that one song. Yeah, we, <laughs> we won't talk about it. Now this dude named Dakota who just wanders in every <laughs> once in a while, he suggested Ducktales moon theme. DuckTales Moon Song is also my favorite piece of 8-bit music. Uh, I know for a fact that Chronos Trigger is probably his absolute favorite, so going to the DuckTales is like probably his second favorite. Right. And he, um, I had never played this game, but it does take some of like the themes from the show and really mixes it up. It, I feel... And I know it's a different, like, Nintendo and Sega are different. Or was this a Sega? I don't know. Either way, I felt like Sonic snuck in. I felt like there was some Sonic in here. It has some, like, Yeah, I super... think maybe the instrumentation is kind of similar to, to the Sega sounds. Yeah, like, there's definitely some way that they made it where it sounds kind of like Sega. Super, super fast-paced. Uh, which is not really how I remember the show, but also yeah. as a kid, everything seemed oh, slow man. then. Uh it, I felt like there's not any of that slow walking going on in this show, right. in this game. Like, there's definitely, like, your go, 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 yeah, go. Yeah, this one's definitely quick. Uh, yeah, I used to, du- watching DuckTales was my favorite thing when I was a kid. Uh, and I, I only played the game a couple of times. I, I didn't own the game, but one did of my friends did. Did you rent it? I didn't, but my friend had the game, so I, I played it at his house a time or two. But uh, definitely in talking about NES themes with my friends, this one came up early on. Uh, you know, when I was like 17 or 18 and appreciating these things. And since then, it's been one of the top 10 of all time, like greatest chiptune songs. Even a, a bunch of gaming publications agree. It's just like oh, really? so, yeah, it's so triumphant sounding. And uh, it's the music from the final level of the game where Huey, Louie, and Dewey are all on the moon. <laughs> and like, I'm not sure how the composers captured it, but it has this like definitive feel of accomplishment for getting this far and like sort of encouraging, like, keep going, you're almost there, you know? <laughs> And, like, uh, for the music buffs out there, they may notice that, like, there's this common trick I talked about a little earlier of using the bass instrument to keep the rhythm going as opposed to, like, a kick drum because having a really thick-sounding kick drum with the rest of the instruments just doesn't cut through in the same way it does with real music. And so you'll also hear them use uh, a descending bass line where it's just, like, going down a step or a half, like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. And it's just, like, really triumphant sounding and, like, really resolute and, like, emotionally gripping feel. Uh, but it also has this, like, tinge of optimism to it with the with the main melody for it. This song really nails it. It's one of my favorites. Oh, wow. Definitely glad it made the, made the cut. 
hey, that dude named Dakota seems like he knows something. He knows a thing or two, he, don't he? He, he? he might know something. Maybe. Will W brings probably one of like the most evocative things mm-hmm. for a lot of real hardcore geeks. Not geeks in a bad way. Geeks in a good way. He brought Mega Man's Elect Man. take on them ripping off journey yeah, first a little of all, bit. i didn't notice that they ripped off journey because i don't know that much about yeah, it's okay journey. i couldn't i had i probably can i had i didn't hear it but yeah, that's it's me. absolutely faithfully by journey it goes whoa 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 yeah it's definitely that so, okay it's sure. definitely that there's so many layers and set in this game or like i'm sorry in this soundtrack i got really excited about the game it's mm-hmm. a really hard game though um this could be also played in any EDM, like, get-together concert. I don't know. What's an EDM thing? Yeah, just call them, like, a show, an EDM show. Okay. And I thought it was, like, very complicated, and it's it's kind of, like, all smoothed out until you get to the staccato bits, and there's trills, and I guess that's pretty obvious that's journey yeah. now. Right. <laughs> yeah. Man, Mega Man had some of the best music. Uh as much as I'd love to have featured the Dr. Wily's Castle theme from Mega Man 2, it's like one of the most iconic themes of all time. Uh, I'm really glad that we went with a deep cut on this one. Uh, you know, I was just talking about the 8-bit kick drum thing, and in the very in- beginning of this one, it has a drum intro with a really fat kick drum sound, but you'll notice as soon as the rest of the instruments come in, it switches to the bass. Drops it down. Yes, yeah, it, it switched to letting the bass line you know, <laughs> carry the rhythm, and boy, it is a banger, let me tell you. Oh, man. And it's definitely ripping off that Journey song faithfully, for sure. I had no uh, idea. <laughs> yeah, it's perfection. I remember I played in a band several years ago, and we had this really long song in two parts, and we couldn't find a way to meld the two parts. And so one night late at band practice... We were listening to Mega Man themes, and Sparkman from Mega Man 3 <laughs> had this really cool part where it just like goes into this cool triplet thing, and like I heard it, and kind of in my head, I was like, ooh, can we? And we did. We melded those two parts by stealing a part from a Mega Man song. So <laughs> Hey, good job, Mega Man. Good job, They're Mega Man. easily remixed. I'm sure there's tons of remixes on Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I wonder if any of that made it into Vaporwave. <laughs> I'm sure. Mm, I bet it did, because that seems like that aesthetic. Yeah, absolutely. I'm learning so much. <laughs> um, we didn't really get any feedback except for, uh, seriously, the um, most amazing stories. Yeah, yeah. Showed up in this thread. Yeah, I really want to try to concentrate on that whenever folks are submitting their songs. If you got a paragraph you can say about the songs, 
that's that's what it's really all about, you know, how, how you connect to these songs. So I appreciate everybody who uh, put in a little extra work this week to do that for yeah, us. Yeah, and there were so many songs or so many stories that it was just great. I, I really loved it. Uh, you can always add your stories and songs to our, you know, building of our playlist at Earbuds and Earworms podcast group on Facebook. Mm-hmm. That's really, and if you want to read those stories, there's so many this week and it's really, really good. Twitter, um, where can we find you? I'm at Pow I Gotcha. As well as the Instagram. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm at Madam Wole, and the show is at Andy Pod, which I've been using more. And of course, um, uh, Craig's been attacking us. Yeah, I was gonna say I remember you sent me some uh, some screenshots. Yeah, of Craig. Craig like going at us for. Oh, yeah. So Craig was like, I guess this is technically feedback. Oops. He said, Cribes music knowledge aficionado, how I got you not remembering Clapton was in the yard burbs in episode 90 of yeah. IMDb. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've never had any sort of qualms about speaking out of school before, but for some reason, like, I knew in the back of my head Eric Clapton was one of the Yardbirds, but I didn't want to say it because I was unsure at the time. <laughs> he also said that the Deftones name is an homage to the record label Def Jam. Yeah, I think that's I think that's actually that's right, correct. That's yeah, because true. they're all influenced by like hip hop and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it's, it's the mighty mighty Boston. Craig, I will I will accept your rebuke, <laughs> but don't get uh, don't get too feisty. Too feisty, you're gonna have to like take him down. Yeah, we'll have another throwdown right here. You remember <laughs> what happened last time? We hugged and it was great. Yeah, you hugged and it was so so violent. Violently happy. Violently it was a beautiful happy. moment. Um, you can always call the voicemail line at 731-400-BUDS or... 731-400-2837. You can email the show at endpod at gmail.com. And you can always check out whatever strange picture I pick in the middle of like the day at endpod.com, part of the 10710 network, which is where you can easily search any song selections or episodes or any themes in there and you chose our final song i did indeed a classic. Uh, yeah so to close the podcast i've chosen the ending music from the game little nemo the dream master uh the game itself is based on a japanese animated movie called little nemo in slumberland uh, the game is about a boy named nemo he has to venture through dreamland to, to rescue king morpheus who's the king of dreamland uh, from the Nightmare King. And so after you defeat the Nightmare King, the slow, gorgeous arrangement begins with these brilliant chords and arpeggios. It's really reflective and contemplative. And King Morpheus and his daughter, Princess Camille, they're trying to convince Nemo to stay in Dreamland and tell him they're going to make him the prince of Dreamland. But Nemo misses the real world and he misses his mom, so he says Aww. no. And upon saying his goodbyes, he wakes into the real world and the final credits begin to roll as the song transitions into this really peppy, cut-time tune, almost reminiscent of the Mario games. Really fun bass line that's sure to give you the dancey pants. The dancey pants. Yeah, so uh, really, I hope you guys enjoy this one. I really appreciate all the suggestions this week. So good this week. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Mitchell. Thanks, everyone.
Whoa. 